I'm John. I am. Oh shit! Are we recording right now? Yeah, we are. Fuck. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of By Stitchful. Yeah. The queer Canadian crafty podcast by disaster queers for disaster queers. Love that. <laughs> I'm I'm John, and I'm neat. You are neat. I like you. Sam said so last night. That's so lovely. <laughs> And so you're acknowledging his existence on the podcast now. Yes, I, I have a husband. His name is Sam. He thinks I'm neat. <laughs> I'm Kelsey. I'm messy. My roommate says so. I do want to say um, that when we started this last two weeks ago, we had no idea what we were doing, and we still don't. <laughs> and we had... <laughs> no idea what to expect or if this would like resonate with anyone or if anyone would even listen to it but we've gotten such an overwhelmingly positive response and such like wonderful feedback from random strangers on the internet and that's pretty incredible because it's a lot more than i was expecting <laughs> I kind of just thought it would be my mom and our partners listening. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that there's like all over the world. Yeah, we have people in Germany and Finland. I don't know anyone in Germany or Finland. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it's pretty incredible. And so many people are taking time out of the day to like reach out to us and say nice things. Someone in This Is By Culture did like a live live tweeting on Facebook, whatever that is, about their experience listening to us, and they said so <laughs> many nice things, I had to tell them to stop, because <laughs> it was <laughs> gonna make me cry. <laughs> mortifying? Absolutely mortifying. That's still really exciting. And so I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has listened, um, and everybody who has said nice things, and if you have more nice things to say, say them on iTunes so that we can reach other disaster queer yarn folk. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been 30 for a whole day? I've been 30 for a whole day. What's that like? Feels pretty much as old as I did before. Fair. I'm still mildly, slightly hungover from the many birthday drinks. Did you see the po the video I posted? Yeah, what was it's, it? So it's Empress Jen. It's this like blue like telly blue gin um and then when you put tonic water in it turns pink like my my shade of pink <laughs> my precise shade of pink that i love um so it's the drink of choice in our house now that makes sense and it's actually like i don't even like gin but like the colors are just so good that i'm fine like this is great <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had a lot of those and watched a lot of steven universe <laughs> I haven't had gin since my roommate's boyfriend's birthday when I was 20. They made gin jello shots. Ew! That is not what you make jello shots out of. Ew! 20 year olds are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Tired. I feel like that's just a default, though. Like, it doesn't even, like, bear saying anymore. Tomorrow is my two years post-op. 
shit exciting yeah it's weird like it was such a big thing but also not is that a thing you celebrate not really Hmm. i mean like i was never particularly like dysphoric about my chest it was more like i wore a binder for 10 years and didn't want to keep doing that fair it's just annoying i mean like i came out like 12 years ago why am i questioning my gender again like that's i already did this yeah but you're a totally different person than you were 12 years ago yep so it makes sense that your gender expression changes yeah as you as you do well and just like the language around it and the awareness of like non-binary identities and the resources are so much different now than they were 12 years ago. Language makes such a huge difference. Yeah. Like I didn't for, it's not at all comparable, obviously, but like for so much of my life, I didn't know that I was bi because I didn't know the word existed. And then once I realized that there were like other sexualities other than straight and gay, then like there was so many options. Yeah. It was just, it was such a weird experience of like finding the one that was right well like even when i came out like as trans i was like 16 and i was like dating someone and um we were at this like art exhibit at the ago and there was like this big wall of like craft paper like brown craft paper and it said like write your deepest secret or whatever on this wall so the person that i was with um wrote tg issues and i had no idea what that was so like later on we were talking and i was like oh yeah like what was that and they're like look it up um so i did and i was like huh transgender issues what's this and like Mm -hmm reading it more and like learning more about it i was like oh shit that's me um but like until then like trans people were only ever like on the maury show Mm. like which one of these hot women used to be a man kind of thing so like i i had no idea that it could be applicable to anybody like other than like male to female kind of thing right and even that i don't particularly love the language around that um but yeah like that's that's all there was when i was 16 so like just the evolution of the language and like more people are talking about it and it's more mainstream it's more accessible far more accessible yeah but now i'm just like before like when i was younger like it, it was like my whole identity was I was trans. And now I'm just like so apathetic about it. There's also the excitement of it being new and like yeah. a, a journey that you were starting. Figured this whole thing out. So many things just fell into place and made sense. Like hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was really great in that sense that I, like everything made sense. Mm-hmm. but now i'm like i just don't care <laughs> like i'm aggressively not female mm-hmm. but like 
I don't, I'm not a man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty solid place to land if you're yeah. comfortable just like that. I'm gender apathetic. I identify as tired. Fair. <laughs> Fair and almost certainly relatable. <laughs> if there are people listening who are having similar gender questions, would you want them to reach out to you? or? Yeah, I'm always down to chat. I can't promise I'll have any answers, but I can... Answers are overrated. Yeah, I can listen. I can empathize. And, and maybe like have resources. Yeah, like 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 um Spencer pointed out on the uh the Instagram post, I'm not just a cat dad, I'm a people dad. <laughs> so I'll I'll accept more children. Did you end up getting a Father's Day present from I kids? did not. Rude. Right. All that said, um <laughs> how about some fiber content? Yeah, right now I'm just I'm working on the trans shawl. And holy shit, John, that's so much. How it's, is it's so there's so many stitches. It's so big. I'm working on just like fading into the last like block of color. And one row takes 20 minutes. That's a lot. You, we, we were told that we should describe our projects better. So would you yes. like to describe this monstrosity? So it is a crescent shawl um, in the colors of the trans flag. So Which are? Like a blue, pink, white, pink, blue. Yay! Um, and it's in lamb's wool. I have never used lamb's wool before. It's not as soft as I thought it would have been. Really? But I, I feel like if when I wash it, it'll be softer. Is it more like, you know how like wool... I don't like, want to say crunchy, but... Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what it like virgin wool or like non-merino wool is like kind of... It has like little like Velcro hooks on it. Yeah, I guess like that. Like that? I, I'm making a thing. Crunchy is the <laughs> wrong <laughs> adjective. Is it like scratchy? A little. Like I like it. It's like squishy. But it's not soft. Like I wouldn't like want to rub it on my face. You'll have to update us after you block it. Yes. I expected lamb's wool to be like clouds. Because yeah. lambs are just anthropomorphized clouds. What do you know? Mm. I'm also still working on my second sock. Oh, you hitting second sock syndrome? I hit second sock syndrome on my second pair of socks. That's rough, buddy. The next thing I have to do is the heel. But I've been so focused on just so many hundreds of stitches in this shawl. I haven't been doing the sock. You you finished your sweater. I did. I finished my sweater. Um, and it blocked out much better. Um, I'm still really. I don't know. It was maybe a little ambitious for my to sign up to test knit or to agree to test knit for a colorwork sweater when I've never done colorwork before in my life. 
Um, but I think it worked out pretty well. And it I, yeah, the, the sleeves, cause it's a top down, like circular yoke. Um, and the, so the color work comes down like into the shoulder caps and then you like pick up and you knit the sleeves down and my gauge differed such that they kind of ended up with like puffy Shakespearean sleeves a little bit, which is not quite the aesthetic I was going for, but that is all me and not the designer's fault. She did an excellent job. But you've, you're, you've got another color work sweater on the go though too now, don't you? I do. I, do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I do this myself. This one. I will show to just you because I guess no one else can see it. But I'm doing the red moon sweater, which is a, I shouldn't cover my mouth. That's not good for audio. <laughs> a red moon sweater, um, which is a pattern on wrap that we can link in the show notes. And it's a top down, another top down circular yoke that has the phases of the moon into it in color work and some other just moon type. Put symbols around it. How would you describe these <laughs> motifs? Thank you, moon motif. I'm a designer. I know words. <laughs> um, other moon motifs. It's really beautiful. It's very like astrology obsessed queer aesthetic, <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. What color is it? I can't quite tell. Oh, it's um, it's like a heathered dark gray and then a light gray for the the moons. Like I couldn't tell if it was black or maybe purple. Yeah, I'm so I'm sitting under my plant lights actually, <laughs> um, which have a very pinkish hue because I'm trying to grow foliage on the trees that I have growing in my room. The signs as Britney Spears songs. Yes, I've been waiting all day for this. Um. Okay, I'll read you the description. You have to guess what song. Oh, easy. God, I hope. I hope it's easy. If I get it wrong, cut this out. <laughs> Um, cancer is a sentimental, loving sign with a tendency for holding on to memories, to nostalgia, to exes. In a breakup, chances are high that they still believe. Still believe. Few things make a cancer happier than feeling needed. Cancer is a nurturer that loves taking care of their partner, and in their romantic lives, they feel very deeply. Definitely one of the signs most likely describe their pain by saying, my loneliness is killing me. <laughs> This is so accurate on so many levels that hurts. <laughs> but obviously, hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah. Which, again, accurate on many levels. <laughs> uh, um. Goddamn. <laughs> oh, Brittany. Okay, what are you? Um. Ruled by Venus, the planet of love and romance, Libra is a master of flirtation. But as a friendly, breezy air sign, they only mean like 30% of the time or less. Um, as diplomatic people pleasers, they can't help but be nice to everyone they meet. As a result, they simply can't avoid attracting unwanted crushes. Oops. <laughs> Levers also tend to be great with beauty and aesthetics. So this red jumpsuit is one of Britney's most memorable fashion choices of all time. I would argue maybe the denim dress more so, but that's fine. Um, the denim dress? Oh my god, she and she and JT were matching denim. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. No, I remember. I remember JT. I don't remember like Brittany. That How was so overshadowed by JT. How dare! Um, so obviously, oops, I did it again. Yes. 
which is again so accurate for you <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit it's true though like the amount of times that i've been called out for flirting with people and i was like i didn't a know i was doing it or b need <laughs> to be doing it that's just how it goes tracking sometimes. all the crushes <laughs> whoops getting all the jewelry from titanic what and the, it's in the, in the video Oh, I have not. Oh, God, I don't remember the last time I watched that video. My God. <laughs> it should be like required viewing. <laughs> um, there's like a weird cutscene, and some guy is like, hey, I got you this necklace. And she was like, didn't the old lady throw it into the ocean at the end? And he's like, eh, I went down and got it for you. And then she probably breaks up with him like two days later. <laughs> That's weird. How do you know? This is like the best part of the song. I should we just stop recording and listen to like classic Britney? Apparently, my God. <laughs> no, because I was into Britney when I was when like her first album came out. Mm-hmm. And then I became an emo kid and couldn't bear to listen to Britney anymore because you know, she was popular or whatever. And I was into, you know, good Charlotte and Simple Plan. <laughs> But the two can totally coexist. I listen to Britney all through my metal phase, which is ongoing. I haven't even really listened to Britney since. I'm a bad gay. You're a bad gay. I'm a bad gay. For my birthday, I just want to sit in total silence with you and just listen to Britney's entire discography beginning to end, all of which I own on CDs, including her greatest hit albums. That's what I want for my birthday, so you have to do it. The thing is, we can't, though, because COVID. You can do it over this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you did You did kind of mention it a little bit on the last episode, but we didn't actually talk about Knit Me. Yes, we did not. Probably because I deflect any time I have to talk about myself in any way that is not about my plants. <laughs> okay, so... Knit me is a thing that I'm really proud of, despite my inability, apparently, to talk about it. Um, And it is a business that I started two years ago um, after I was laid off from a job that I loved and was feeling kind of directionless and aimless and was really leaning on knitting extremely hard to kind of get me through this time. Um, At which point my brilliant wonderful and supportive mother was like hey you should do a yarn subscription box actually very similar to the way this podcast turned up i was like huh and then i couldn't stop thinking about it and then i sent her a text and i was like i can't stop thinking about this i'm like i'm gonna do this (laughs) um so now i have a two-year-old business baby that is a yarn subscription box um and it's also a place where i sell knitting kits um i started with just knitting kits for beginners for people who want to learn how to knit um but now i have expanded to knitting kits for intermediate and more experienced centers as well um because when i wanted to learn how to knit again relearn how to knit i had a really hard time with my anxiety of going to local local yarn stores um Feeling a huge amount of imposter syndrome in all of these fancy places with fancy yarn and people who knew what they were doing, and I did not. 
Um, and I really wish I could have just had someone mail me all the things I need so I could do it online without talking to people. Um, so I'm doing that for people who are like me, who have a hard time going out to places. And so I will just send you all the things that you need. Um, it comes in a kit and they come with everything you need from beginning to end with video tutorials and um, pictures to walk you through step by step and, and you written instructions paths. as well. Yeah, you design patterns for each of them. I do that, yeah. And you had like, you had one blow up, what was it last year, the Maple Leaf show? Yeah, that was cool. Um, so I also, in my excitement to start a business where I could just play with yarn every day, um, I kind of overlooked the fact that I have to have a pattern for every subscription box. And I was just like, focusing on the yarn, like, sure, pattern, I can do this, whatever, I'll just do a pattern every month, that's fine. And then I did it, and now I'm like, oh god, I have to do a pattern every month. Um, so every month I design a pattern for the yarn that's going being sent out in the subscription box, um, which is fun because then I just get to make stuff that I like and then people say nice things to me about it, kind of like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of them was a maple leaf wrap that I did last May. And there was a wonderful human on Instagram, and I'm going to find her name because... I like her a lot. <laughs> um, she bought the subscription box just for the shawl because she loved the pattern, the image of the pattern so much. And then she posted it in Ravelry in a bunch of groups and then a bunch of other people liked it a lot and then they all bought it and then they all told their friends and then all of a sudden it became a really big thing that is to date my year, a year later, um, my best selling kit and people are constantly saying nice things about it and it makes me extremely happy. Um, so yeah, I do that. <laughs> okay, I found it. So her name is uh, Sarah M. Um, and she's WRK Reads, like R-E-A-D-S on Instagram. Um, she posts lots of lovely knitting things and she's lovely. And I credit her to helping this May shawl take off. <laughs> I, I sell it much better online, I swear. <laughs> But yeah, you have like a pretty active like Facebook page and stuff, and yeah, you're, you're quite en engaged. I mostly post a. I'm kind of the same on there as I am on here. Just I try to be a little more less of a disaster. Um, disaster is our brand here. Disaster is our brand here. I really because like people are trusting me with their money and their support and their stuff. So I'm like, I want to. I am a person. You can trust. I have my shit together. I don't cry every day. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I have a kind of more watered down, I guess, version of my disasterness on my knit me uh, accounts, which people respond. Professional version. That's a word. Yes. <laughs> um, which people have been responding to really well, and I've been getting a lot of really kind messages from people who have either learned to knit or have just like through my stuff or have just heard kind of what I talk about and it resonates with them and are reaching out in solidarity. And that is, has just been so kind and lovely and has meant the world to me. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs>
Awkward thumbs up. Finger guns. <laughs> and this month you're partnering with? This month I'm partnering with Morgan from Amaranth Fibers, who will be joining us, and I'm super excited about it. Hi! So, Morgan, welcome. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I've been dying yarn for a couple of years now. Um, and, fuck, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, you can just say hi. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I am Morgan. I am not bisexual, unfortunately. Uh, oh. I I I am I am really mostly just a knitter, but I do love crochet and I dabble in it and I try it all the time and then I do it for a little while and then it hurts my thumbs and then I have to put it down. Um, but in my heart, in my heart, I'm bisexual. We accept everyone of all stitch orientations, and you don't have to be a 50-50 split. You're still valid. <laughs> it's okay to have a preference. Yeah. Well, you know, like on the Kinsey scale, there's like, you know, Kinsey scale of stitching. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for asking me to be on. It's kind of cool. I figure we can only talk between ourselves so much, so it's probably a good idea to bring other people in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Ooh, so, so what are you working on? I'm working on my Red Moon sweater, which I'm very excited about. Ooh, nice. Is it top down or is that the it's bottom? It's top down. And so this, uh, the, um, the color work goes into like the sleeve caps and then it'll just be a t-shirt. So I don't have to sleeves. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. Awesome. What are you working on? Um, I'm just fixing my summer secret crop. Um, it's from Jessie May. I love, love her design. I love her so much. I'm wearing um, a, my freezer back. Freezer back. Oh, perfect. She has the great, I love how accessible all of her patterns are. Like she's just, she's just great. And she's just such a sweet person too. Like if you like see her on Instagram and stuff, she's just, she's just adorable. Um, but so I have this. It's so good. Which, yeah. Um, but I, I, when I cast it on, so it's from the bottom up. And when I cast on, I did a long tail, but my long tail, I usually go up a full millimeter when I cast on. Um, cause my cast on is just so tight, uh, but it was still even way too tight. So I've just done a whole bunch of surgery to take the bottom hem off and picked up all the stitches. And now I am going to re-knit the bottom hem and cast off and hopefully it will fit a little bit better. Dang. So I have to shimmy into it to try it on, but yeah. That, that sounds horrible. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks amazing. What yarn are you using? Thank you. Um, that's the Pride was a uh, Pride was a riot colorway, the one that I I came up with especially for this month. Yeah, we should talk about that. Actually, yeah, do you um, want to talk about just you? What you? What What do you do? You're a yarn dyer. I yeah, I'm a, I'm a yarn dyer. Um, so I I dye yarn. I started doing that uh, I don't know three or four years ago just for fun. And then about coming up on two years in August is when I launched my dyeing company selling on Etsy. Um, and so, and it's called Amaranth Fibers. 
Um, and Pride was a riot. I came out with um, at the beginning of this month for June being Pride Month. I wanted to come out with something that was related to Pride, like especially for this month. Um, but then all of the protests and everything were happening in the States. And it really made me think back to um, a couple of years ago uh, in Toronto, where I'm from. Um, there was a big protest from Black Lives Matter Toronto in 2017, where they shut down the entire Pride Parade. You guys probably remember this. It was like the huge thing. Yeah. And like they, they shut it down for like three or four hours, which is a huge thing considering the Pride Parade itself takes four hours from beginning to end, right? Um, and that was kind of the first time that I realized that there were like systemic racism issues in Toronto. And I never really kind of realized that um, people of color were affected that way in Toronto. And them shutting down like this big party um, for, uh, for civil rights for themselves, um, I just felt like it really harkened back to the original Pride and the Stonewall riots and where Pride began. And so when all of the protests started up in late May, early June um, against police brutality um, in the States, uh, I, I just instantly got the inspiration and I just knew that that's what I, what I had to do for this month. So all of the profits for selling this colorway, um, they're being donated to Supporting Our Youth, which is a program out of Sherburne Health in Toronto. And they have a weekly um, drop-in program um, called Black Queer Youth. Um, and I felt like I really wanted to make sure that I was giving something to the black community, um, in particular, the black gay community, because I, I feel like they, there was a lot of, there was a lot of negativity, um, around people who I would have expected to be allies when that, that shutdown happened. Um, and I think that supporting black youth. Uh, black queer youth specifically is really important to make sure that they have a place in our community, you know, and a voice. Absolutely. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. really lovely. And that, that's like an especially important um, place to give resources to because like so much of queer culture, like popularized queer culture has just been appropriated from black queer culture and like mainstream yeah. by cis white people. So. Well, especially like the whole drag queen mm -hmm. scene. And everything. And a lot of the language know? that folks like queer folks use and music and yeah, drag in particular, like so much of that has its roots in black queer culture and that gets totally erased when it's made popular by mm -hmm. cis white people. So. Yeah, it's one of those things like that. Yeah, it, there's just like a, such a thing of things being cool when cis white people do it and it not being cool prior to that and yeah i just i think that's really shitty very shitty and and as a cis white white person i feel like i have a duty to do better so yeah yeah cool would you like to describe the colorway for our audio listeners yeah right. i make a lot of um, hand gestures to just, like describe what i'm saying and like yeah um so what it knit up like um, in this little crop top, uh, it ended up almost looking like a self-striping yarn, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so it has long color repeats of rainbows, 
Um, so going from red into orange, yellow, green, um, purple in the middle, and then fading back out through the rainbow. And then the other section, um, the other half of the skein is a very stone gray, which kind of said Stonewall to me. Um, making sure that it's not just all happy, shiny rainbows and stuff, and that, that there's actually some depth behind Pride. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also have, um, I had one customer who has bought some spinning fiber from you before. And actually, uh, dyeing fiber for spinning was how I got started dyeing oh. in the first And she wanted me to dye Pride was a riot on some merino fiber. Mm. So, which is, oh. It just turned out so, so nice. Um, and when I was dyeing this one, just to kind of, because of the way that I dye it in the pan, just to make maintain that kind of method of dyeing, um, it actually turned into a gradient. So one end is that stone, dark charcoal kind of gray, and then it fades up into um, almost like a burgundy where the gray and the red met, and then on through the rainbow, ending in the, the purple. That looks the amazing. Oh, I love this. I, I'm going to have to dye some of this for myself because it's the Tour de Fleece starting this weekend, um, which for spinners is, uh, it happens when the Tour de France goes on and everybody challenges themselves to do an, uh, some spinning while the Tour de France is going on. It's super dorky, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I'd love to see what it looks like when it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, I'm shipping that out to her tomorrow so that hopefully she gets it by, by Friday. I tried spinning one time and I was so bad at it that I never wanted to try it again. Which is very <laughs> disappointing because I had like lofty aspirations of having like a little cottage in the woods and I just like have sheep that I take care of, I guess. I don't know, they were just there in my mind. And I just get like my own yarn and I or my own fleece and I dye it and I spin it on a spinning wheel like I'm in a fairy tale. And like that, that vision broke so fast as soon as I sat down in front of a spinning wheel. Very hard. <laughs> Did you try on a wheel first or did you try on a drop? I tried a wheel first and then the instructor lost patience with me and then <laughs> suggested I try a drop spindle. Um, <laughs> and that wasn't, wasn't, wasn't better. <laughs> I would like to. I love the idea of being able to like control how the colors shape and how the yarn shapes, but it was hard. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's mostly tactile. Like, I, I just enjoy the act of spinning. I often don't even end up using the yarn, <laughs> mostly because a lot of the time it, it, it's not the prettiest. But I just find it relaxing just to sit there and do the spinning. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. How about you, John? What, uh, what fiber stuff do you do? You do? I, I knit and I crochet. Okay. Um, I've recently tried um, needle felting. Which was super fun until I put the needle through my thumb and it came out on the other side. Oh, I hated that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like that very much. Yeah, I could see. I could see. I could see why that would not be super fun. John and I were texting um, so while I, that happened. And oh yeah, I was sending her photos. And he was. I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm working on this and doing this." I'm like, "Oh, cool. How's it going?" He's like, "Well, I just put a needle through my thumb and it came out the other side, so not great." And then he didn't text me again for three hours. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, how do you text with your thumb? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Like, it really wasn't that bad, but I was very put off by it. 
Yeah, so so you haven't done much needle felting since? No, and like I can see it from here, and it's <laughs> judging me. I would like to do it again, but maybe if I got like um, a thimble first. Yeah. Yeah. I've never tried. I've never tried felting anything. It looks fun. I like how they like sometimes you see pictures online and they have those other like three D yeah kind of needle felted pictures. Um, there's this incredible, um, felter that I follow, Felted Flying Fox. Um, and they've been doing, for the month of June, every single day, they've been doing a different animal in a different, like, pride flag. Oh, wow. And they're incredible. They're so cute. And they, like, there's an explanation behind, like, why they chose this animal for this identity. And it's just, they're so good. What's the by one? No, by the by animal. By oh, animal. The, oh, by animal. Oh my god, I have to scroll so much. Gosh. I'm um, hoping it's an amphibian. That would be fun. Triceratops. Rad. Because it's a dinosaur. Uh, that's pretty good. Okay, I'm good with puns. I appreciate this. But it's it's so cute. Um so I've been like I've been seeing all these things and they're so cute. I'm like, I wanna do that. What was it? What was it called? Uh, felted flying fox on Tumblr. They might be on Instagram too. I could see you being very good at spinning. You're very tactile with things. I'd like to give it a shot. I'd probably do better at spinning than dying. Oh yeah. John and I were talking about our own um, perspective. Dying experiences? Yeah. Miserable experiences. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Vinegar in a crock. Oh, my house smelled so bad. Yeah, the um, once you move into dying, like professionally, not I mean professionally. Yes, I run a shop, but I I don't know that I would consider myself doing it professionally. I still have a day job, um, but yeah, once you start moving into dying a lot of yarn, you move into citric acid because yeah, there's there's something pretty accurate about the smell of sheep plus vinegar. <laughs> Yeah, I I was at Value Village one time and they had a crock pot for like four dollars. I'm like, yeah, I can I'm gonna get a crock pot. I'm gonna start dying. This is gonna be great. And I brought it home and my partner was so excited because he thought I was like finally gonna start cooking. <laughs> 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 Jokes on you. <laughs> and then our house smelled like wet sheep for a week and the yarn turned out shitty. <laughs> It takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of practice and well, for me, um, I, I am a type A analytical type person. So, I mean, I played around with food coloring. Um, I went on the, the, it's a cool way to die group on Ravelry, um, where they talk, teach you how to die with food coloring or Kool-Aid and stuff like that. Um, but when I moved into working with um, acid dyes, when I wanted to start having something that's more permanent and color fast, I got really, really scientific and technical for it. I have spreadsheets. We love spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. I have one that I actually created just so that I wouldn't have to do the math of, of how much, you know, dye for weight of fiber. And so I just plug in uh, how dark I want it and then how much fiber I have, and it automatically calculates out like how many milliliters so that I don't have to. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I dove into the deep end and, and did a whole lot of prep beforehand. And like the first 20 skeins that I died still looked like garbage. <laughs> Cause yeah, you know, it's technique, right? Like you gotta, you have to just kind of learn how not to let all the colors mush together and turn into mud. I love data. I don't know. It's just, I just love that kind of stuff, which is weird. Cause like, I'm not, I'm not like super organized in a lot of things. I don't know. I just like seeing things in nice little lists and organization and I'm a Virgo. So I, I blame it on that. A Virgo, huh? So this, we had, this was on our list of things to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to read you a description of a Britney Spears song and you have to figure out which one it is. It's based on your heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you familiar with Britney Spears? Because I'm not, apparently, as it turns out. I mean, I know. Oh. I, I, I dabble? I, get, I wish I'd yeah, asked like this I, before we invited you on the podcast. A very pretty <laughs> podcast. Oh, dear. Um, so much to unpack here. Virgos are the ultimate perfectionists. Of course a Virgo's alter ego would be somebody who supposedly had everything together. Lucky. Yeah. Lucky is a fantastic music video in which Britney Spears is a famous, talented celeb haunted by loneliness at night. Uh, Virgo's <laughs> critical eye can at times lead them to pessimism. Their attention to detail can find fault where no one else can. If there's something missing in my life, then why do these tears... Oh, if there's nothing missing at, in my life, why do these tears come at night? One of her most profound songs, in my opinion. I... I, I'm kind I don't of lost know this one. here. I am I am totally not I, I am out of my depths. It's here. a very good song and it feels very apt for Virgos. <laughs> we um we've been starting every podcast with what you are based on your sign. Um so far we've done Starbucks drink and Disney Princess. Disney Princess. And now Britney Spears song, because I thought Kelsey would enjoy that. And yeah. I figured we'd make her happy for her birthday. For my birthday. Which is <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like reading through this list, I'm like, I actually know like three Britney Spears songs. I know. Hit me baby one more time, obviously. That's cancer. Song, which was, that. that was cancer. That's Kelsey. Okay. Um, I know toxic. A classic. A queer classic. Right, you yes. have to. <laughs> exactly. It was, was on was Doctor Who. Toxic on it was that? on Doctor Who. That was the traditional Earth ballad. Oh yeah. That Lady Cassandra brought. Beautiful. Um, oh my god! Yeah, you're right. Is toxic? I, I, toxic has to be on it. It's like the only Britney Spears. I think maybe they wouldn't have it knows. because all the other signs would get mad. Toxic is Sagittarius. Okay, sure. <laughs> huh? My ex was a Sag. Me too. <laughs> um, I um, was. Oh. Oops, I did it again. Is is dirty? Uh, that's, or that's that was Christina. That was Christina Aguilera. Okay, that'd be another fun one. Oh no, that I'm a slave for also you. Also great, definitely Brittany. Yeah, is that Brittany? Yeah. Oh, Brittany is heck. Brittany. That's got to be Scorpio. No, like. What are yeah. the nice ones? Scorpio is Slumber Party. I don't know that song. I actually don't know Slumber Party. Damn. 
Kelsey. Damn. Oh God, my entire identity is falling apart. <laughs> um, I'm a slave for you. Is not on this. Okay. Um, Should I just go through the entire? Day? I think I'm. I think I'm done with Britney songs. I don't know any more <laughs> than those like four. The um, strange thing I did actually watch that Crossroads movie, like way back in the day. It's so terrible. It's so bad. I watched it way too late in life after I had already been jaded by the world. And it just, it, it didn't have the joy I expected it to. It didn't bring me any happiness. I didn't watch it. Yeah, you're, it's fine. I've never seen it. It's not her greatest acting <laughs> achievement. You know what? If you're going to look for like a pop artist movie, just go with Spice World oh, and you're fine. That's the only like, of your life. That's the only one you ever Absolutely. need. Um, so for Pride, we were going to talk about our favorite Pride yarns. Um, so, and obviously yours came up. Um, but we had we had some other ones of Canadian dyers. Um, mine was spun, Spunware Over the Rainbow. Have you seen her? I feel no. like you. I feel like you would love her. Um, I'm going to Google. So we actually. So her stuff is so gorgeous, and she does rainbow like just tons of different rainbows and different gradients, different tones, um, and a ton of other gorgeous stuff as well. And she also does on the, um, yeah, pre-spun. <laughs> and we actually, we were going to work together um, for, for Knit Me. I was, wanted to have her do one of the boxes and they, the timing and the, um, the quantities didn't end up working out. But we had this super awkward meeting where we, because I try to stay on top of Canadian desire. Canadian dyers who exist because that's like my whole damn and the people I want to support um, and yeah. I'd never heard of her and so I was actually I was in the comment section of this article about this woman who knits out of her vagina and she, yeah what? <laughs> and so it was just this fucking article that someone that like I came across in some Facebook group I'm in and so this woman's whole art thing is that she takes white wool and makes a cake and sticks it up her vagina and then knits out of it. Um, and she does that for a full 28 day cycle. <laughs> and you went all, and so like my thing was like, sure, art, all power to you, rad. But like wool though, is wool really the one you, like if you're using like a soft acrylic or like a nylon, sure. But, like, the picture of the wool was, like, it was so fibrous, and there was, like, just loose threads going everywhere, and, like, just the yeast infection. But <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, when I've been spinning, or when you're knitting or something, and you get, like, a little a strand of sheep's fluff, like, stuck on your lip, and how annoying that <laughs> is. And, like, I can't, I can't even imagine, like, <laughs> yeah, that would just be so uncomfortable. <sighs> Um, and then I got, I got in an argument with a, a cis man who came in to these comments and was like, cause I, I, I commented and I was like, you know what, sure, fine, whatever, like, but like wool though. And this guy came in, he's like, well, actually, <laughs> I knit a lot and acrylic is actually the sheddiest. Whenever I knit with acrylic, it gets everywhere. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> um, and just like the righteous indign indignation of a cis fan telling me, A, 
what's best to knit with and be best yarn to stick up your vagina. Oh boy. So while I was in this like fight with this man in the comments, I, I saw another comment of someone being like, oh my God, I'm a yarn dyer. I need people, like people won't stop sending me this article. I hate it. And I was like, oh, you're a dyer. I'll check you out. Oh, you're Canadian. Oh, your name's a pun. Oh, you do rainbows. <laughs> this is my entire jam. That's cool. Um, and so we actually. Cool. What a way to find somebody. Yeah. So we started networking like in the comment section of this article. And we're like, I was like, oh, I do subscription box. And so I'm looking for dyers. And she was like, yeah. So it, it was a very weird, awkward way to meet someone. Um, but anyway, her work's amazing. And she does lots of beautiful pride stuff. Um, and also spins the yarn as well. And I've just, I have never seen homespun yarn so beautiful. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll have to check her out. That sounds great. And you worked with um, another dyer last year? Yes, it? I did. For your buy pride socks? Yes, Fergus Yanko. Good memory, John. Um, she is based out of Fergus, because that's in the name. I remember that. Um, and she does, she does a lot of self-striping rainbow yarn. Um, and her kind of bread and butter is like a really beautiful, similar to Pride was a Riot, but with um, brighter colors. And then she does yeah. like really beautiful self-striping yarn. Um, and then I worked with her last August and she did a bi-gradient for me, which is very exciting. Oh. Um, yeah, I have bi-gradient self-stripey socks. The, the, the bi-flag, that's the, that's the blue and the pink one, right? Apparently, it is bi-culture to not know whether pink or blue goes on top, but, you know, purple goes in the middle. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I can never remember, but, I mean, most of us can't really. Is it blue on top? I don't, I think it's pink. <laughs> I don't know. As long as purple is in the mm -hmm. middle. We're, we're all on the internet. <laughs> if only there was some magical way that we could fact check in real time. Something that started with G and ended with Uber. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently the pink does go on top right. in the bi pride flag. So. And then you, you, Morgan, have a other pride yarn. Or at least I made it a pride yarn um, called Video Dance Party. <laughs> it's definitely very pride, pride related. So again, it has the rainbow in it, but covered in black, giant black splotches. So, and when it knits up, it knits up kind of into a black background with all these really, really bright neon color pops on it. They kind of remind me. Of um of a light bright yeah from like the 80s. I'm thinking like lights. Like strobe lights? Strobe lights. Yeah. yeah. Or like at a rave covered in glow bracelets. Yeah, like UV. Yeah. A video dance party. A video dance, a video dance, party. dance party. So we are working together for the June subscription box. Um this will be a spoiler, but whatever. Yeah, we're doing the video dance party because it is my 30th birthday this month in addition to Pride, and I can do what I want. And so I got a very 90s yarn, Pride yarn, to celebrate my very 90s Pride life. 
That's perfect. I can't wait to see what the pattern what, you made. I can show you. Oh my God. I'm super excited. <laughs> That's so great. I love I'm it. I'm very excited. I love it. Wow. I just, I, I love seeing my yarns knit up by other people because obviously like I work with them um, and I see how I use them in the patterns, but they can look so different depending on the pattern that they're used mm -hmm. in. And it's, I don't know. I just, I, I really love it. It really makes me feel connected to people to see the projects. So what about you? Do you have any favorite dyers or do you like, do you buy yarn that you dye yarn or do you? Um, I actually, I, people want to trade with me at shows and stuff, which is really fun. Um, what do I have? Um, I really love Songbird Fibers. Um, I love her yarn so much. Um, so what she does is she's really in, big into, is it ornithology? Yes, I that's think. bird. Yeah. Bird? Um, like bird watching and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and all of her colorways are based off of different birds. Um, so I always, every show I go to, I always end up stopping by her booth and buying some of her yarn because um, I just love them. But I don't have anything that's like pride related that I've gotten from her though. Um, oh, and um, I really like The Loving Path. Um, the yarn dyer, her name is Debbie and she's in London, which is where I currently live as well. Um, and she's just absolutely lovely and her colors are so pretty. Um, so she does a lot of more muted natural kind of colors, um, really wearable colors. Um, I dye mostly really bright, obnoxious colors because I do it for fun. And I'm just like, I love, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a goth at heart and almost everything I wear is black or has some form of black. Um, so I make a lot of stuff out of my own yarn out of um, out of my own yarn and give it away because I'm like, when am I really going to wear a bright neon green shirt? Like never, but it's fun to make. Um, but her stuff is um, really, it's really gorgeous. Nice. I'm, I'm looking at it now on Instagram. Ugh, this colorway just like makes my soul hurt. I, I, like, I just got this from you, the Morganite from you because I love it so much. And I'll make a sweater with it. Oh, great. Would you would you care to describe the color? Yeah, that would help, Kelsey, wouldn't it? <laughs> for this audio podcast that we have. It's that kind of like dusty rose pink, like grayish pink, gray toned pink. I don't know how to describe colors. Um muted. muted yeah, like just that muted. Uh, it's pretty. Rose? It's pretty. Yeah, dusty rose. Um yours is called Morganite, which is the one I got two for myself when I was ordering for Nimi. Um, but yeah, I just, like, I'm completely obsessed with this, anything in this shade range. All of her stuff, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow her. Thank you for the rec. I was just noticing, um, the building a mystery. I do, I just liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so nice. Oh, what? Which one? Building a mystery, this, like, gray, pink, white. Oh, yeah. Speckled? I guess yeah. not speckled. It's beautiful. What is, how, what is that term? Blotches, it's probably not blotches. That's not a really nice speckle. There's one called Nutkin as well, which is just like, it's very simple, but I just love it. It's like natural wool color. And then it has um, like a, I don't know, like browns, like a warm 
a warm reddish brown speckled over it. Yes, I think maybe one of those. Is that? I don't know if this is an effective way of showing color. <laughs> That's oh wow, those are beautiful. That's not oh. what I was thinking of. It's gorgeous. So this is just turning into a loving path fan cast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm not mad about it. Yeah, so I was making up, um, I was knitting a swag sweater. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that, that colorway there that has the lace part of the yoke, that was one that I had. Oh, nice. And, and it's called Dull Parts. And it was a collaboration that I did um, with a, a woman in Toronto who makes uh, project bags and stitch markers. Um, and she made a project bag that, oh, it's all the way downstairs. <laughs> I won't go there. Um, but it's got these really creepy doll's heads on it that glow in the dark. Mm. I don't know if you can really see. They're like these creepy little... Oh, creepy! I love it! <laughs> it's so cool. I so much. It's, just, it's, so, it's so weird and creepy, and I just, I just love it. Like so, so much, and it glows in black light. Oh my god! Even better. <laughs> who's who's this by? Um, Fibromancy. It was a special collaboration that she and I did last year. Um, so where it came with the peach kind of colored yarn. What I was going for dyeing this yarn was that old porcelain doll kind of like mm -hmm. you know horror movie. That's like kind of got that patina over it and yeah amazing so spooky goodness and fun yeah if i remember she makes the greatest project bags cool uh, i love i love 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 oh stuff. she's got a very cute cat we love cats on this oh. podcast <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a lot of knitters in in london like i was i was really shocked at just how many people i've met here um, at fiber shows and there's like a really big um, guild here for spinners and weavers like one of the oldest guilds around like the London District Weavers and Spinners Guild um, it's been around since 1949 so like 60 almost 100 years it's almost 1950 so 70. like almost 70 oh wait no so like yeah that's like that's like 71 years that's a lot of years mm -hmm. a long time cool yeah Anyway, there's lots of fibery people here. Do you remember how we met? Me? Yeah, yeah. At um, at the the farmers market. That was yeah. the I met you. It was amazing, and it was my very first time selling yarn. And I I couldn't believe that you came all the way there because I had just started Instagram like maybe a month before, and I was so new. I think I only had like one of every color that I had. Like it was, I've come such a far way in two years. Um, yeah, and you came down, and I was just so excited to like to meet you in person. It was great, and then you started knit me like a couple months later. So no, I had actually just started it that month. Oh, really? <laughs> you were the first dyer I ever met. <laughs> That's amazing. So like, I was like, we, we totally came up like at the exact same moment in time, which is yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's actually been really neat following you on Instagram and stuff and seeing knit me blossom and um like these amazing dyers that you get to work with and these amazing patterns you make and then you know the podcast it's <laughs> cool yeah i might be fangirling a little bit right now that's 
that's fine. Because I, I was not expecting this at all, because I was going to turn this into an embarrassing story about me, which is that you were the first dyer I ever met. And I had this like week old, like baby of a business that was a week old. And you treated me like I was so legit. And you were the first person I ever gave my business card to. And I was like, so excited that you took me seriously. That's great. And here I was, like, I was like, I was impressed that you were taking me seriously too. <laughs> it felt like I had like, you know, when you're like a kid and you set up the lemonade stand at the end of your street. And if you're crafty, you made like friendship bracelets or like that kind of thing. And you had those beside the lemonade stand. That's kind of how I felt at the farmer's market <laughs> where I was like, yay, I do stuff. Please here, buy stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool. I'm so glad we finally got to work together. Right? Yeah. Yay. How did you guys meet? We met. Um, John was dating the partner that I lived with. And it took us a very long time to actually meet because I am was constantly, every time John came over, I was in like a huge rush to like, and a flurry of chaos trying to get ready to do something else. So the only way I could actually trick him into being friends with me was to invite him to yarn things oh nice so we decided since we only ever go to things and then hang out in the corner and talk to each other we should probably just do our own thing hang out in the corner and talk to each other like, yeah. just at home and then i was i was all excited because i have a roommate that moved in with me six, just over six months ago um and i got them knitting i like got them knitting they don't love it but it happened then I was all excited. I'm like, I got two weirdo friends. We all like knitting. I'm going to have an online queer craft club. And That's so awesome. we, I made a Facebook group and invited my two buds into it. And they immediately took it over. And like, it became a Furby appreciation society. And they only post pictures of horrifying Furbies. And I'm really upset about it. And my deepest regret in life is introducing the two of them. <laughs> Yeah, I bought I bought a hundred um, die cut stickers of like Furby faces. <laughs> that I just put on things. So like last time I saw Kelsey in person before COVID happened, I gave Kelsey a bunch of these stickers to give to her roommate. And then I got a, like a photo the next day of like one of these stickers like on the toaster. So it's like the first thing she sees when she leaves her room. Amazing. <laughs> and here I thought that like googly eyes were a great idea, but the Furby sticker, that's brilliant. Whenever I make like amigurumi, I like put a Furby face on it. Did, did either of you guys ever have a Furby? Yes, and it scarred yeah. me. Can you see this? Oh my gosh! That's what I see every morning. It kind of looks like ET. <laughs> yeah, now they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> and then every time I go to my group, I get like Facebook notification of like, "Oh, your queer craft club. They're talking." And I look, and there's just pictures of long Furbies, which is people just take Furbies <laughs> and they make them long. It's really, it's awful. It's an awful thing. Would they give them just so many legs? Oh, I like the ones with lots of legs. I'm sorry, but that's horrifying. Well, I have like a folder on my phone that's just like pictures of, um, they're called odd body Furbies. I, I just Googled long Furby and they all came up. I hate it. I hate it so bad. So this is why I don't introduce people anymore. How did I get talking about this? Why did this happen? <laughs> you were talking about how you introduced me and Telly, and it was just a bad decision. Uh, worst, worst of my life. Oh, weird. There's like a. Oh, that's kind of cool. There's, 
There's a whole community around it. New long Furby creations each week. On what? Someone does this weekly? Anyway, there's one that looks like um, almost like a goat kind of thing. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a fan of long Furby in oh it's a Krampus. Oh that's so cute. Uh, it's just it's a Krampus. So many that's horrifying so things all together. A Furby Krampus. That's that's great. That's something to really terrify the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So John, what was your pride colorway? Did you I was going to talk about one that's not Canadian. Um, I'm a global citizen, thank <laughs> you. Um, but the the Neighborhood Fiber Company, they're they're based out of the states. I don't know where exactly. I'm sure it's on the site. Um, but they're doing. They've got a whole series of um, of pride yarns, and they have like sets of. Like rainbow pride and bi pride and trans pride and like there's a pan pride set um and there there's like speckled yarns and they're just <clears throat> so beautiful um and they're like in like all kinds of different weights and then they have like the roving and that one looks like mohair um but they're they're doing their um all the proceeds um from the sales of the pride yarns are going to be donated to community bail organizations. So they're going to like the National Bail Fund and like the Bail Project and the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Great. Um, that's awesome. So, I, yeah, I think that's a very, you know, topical kind of thing. And I like that they dye specific flags. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot yeah. of time I find, because like the bi, the bi flag is very aesthetic. So like it's just, they're colors that look good together. They happen all the time, but I feel like it's always accidental when I find bi yarn. So it's exciting when it's like yeah. dyed with intention. Intention. Like, um, what is it? Truly Hooked has a beautiful um, yarn. It's called like OMFG. Amazing. Um, and it's, it's blue and pink and purple. And like, I don't know if it was intentionally by, but it's just so good. With a name like OMFG, I feel like it has to be. Yeah. I actually have a, I have an accidental trans um, shawl hit, um, which I didn't even, I didn't even realize when I put it together that like, I just naturally put it in the order. So it goes, it starts with Morganite, the one that you got, that pale pink kind of color. And then it goes from that into Horseshoe Bay, which is kind of like a corally kind of pink with um, turquoise and um, brown speckles on it. And then in the middle, it was um, it was like a gray on toe beans, which is one of my favorites. It's um, gray and white with little pink splotches on it that look like my last cat Suki's toe beans. Hmm. Um, and it goes from there into like more of a turquoisey blue on the other end. Um, and one of my customers left a review saying that they um, they bought it um, to make themselves a trans pride um, shawl um, for Pride Month. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. I was just I was so happy. And I, I didn't notice that similarity myself. Um, but, yeah, it just made me really happy when I saw that. So, you know, happy little accidents. Uh, I yeah. So I got a ball winder the other day. <laughs> a what? A ball oh, winder. Nice. 
um, my first ball winder. Um, and so I like, I had this massive box of like half used like balls of yarn and I was always doing the center pole. So like they were losing their like structural integrity and it was just like this horrible mess of yarn. So I sat down yesterday for like two and a half hours and I just like made cakes out of all of them. Nice. Oh, good. That's great. That's a success story. Yeah. So now I want to like go through my whole stash, but that's extremely daunting. Um, you get to organize and that's fun. When you first get a ball winder too, though, um, like I remember when I first got mine, uh, and it's not even a very good one. I got it from Michael's and it jumps all the time. Um, and I just, I, I really actually don't like it, but I still enjoy the act of winding the yarn. And I think I must've, I must've just like wound up or rewound like anything that I could for like days. I'm just like, where are you looking to go? Ew, look at the swift. It's just so nice to sit there. I like sat there and watched the rain. It's, and I was like, this is just, this is just what I need right yeah. now. It's so meditative and just like peaceful. Yeah. And just there's like the only sound, unless there's a fucking piano above your head, the only sound is just that like gentle whirring of the yarn, of the swift. And it's just, it's so like, I love and if it's a tonal yarn or a gradient yarn, just like watching it go as a parasol, like I love it. Yeah. I love I love seeing that's one thing that I really like about indie dyed yarn is that it's always sold in, in the hanks, right? And mm -hmm. I love winding it up and seeing how it looks because they look so different wound up into a ball than they or cake than they do when they're in the skein. And then especially mm -hmm. like when you start to knit with them, how it's like it's kind of like it's almost like a paint by numbers or something like that, where like you're revealing it like a little layer at a time of what the pattern is going to look like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I picked up um, a skein the other day that I'm very excited to, to use. Um, Riverside studio oh, out of, you know, like in Quebec or something um, did a, a colorway called Kensington. I think it might be an exclusive for Yarns Untangled, which is in Kensington Market. Yeah, I think. I think and it's it this, yeah. it's it's so beautiful. It's like kind of an orangey gold and like blue, and there's speckles. And I I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but I'm I'm very excited to like see how it works out. That's what these all those special like indie yarns though. I, I don't know. I have so many that just sit there and every now and then I go to my stash, which isn't like the hugest from as most people. Um, but like, I'll go there and I'll just like pick up the yarn and just, you just kind of pet it and you look at it and you like imagine all the things you could make with it. And then sometimes it just has to go back in like the closet and it just, it's waiting there until it's the right project to use it for. Right. I finally decided that I was going to do something with all the little leftovers of balls. And just like you, John, um, I spent the time winding the like little minis up so they're actually formed properly. And I'm doing, um, it's called the Northeasterly Blanket. Um, and it's kind of these little arrowhead Ooh. rips. And you knit it all in really, really long strips. Um, and then you just stitch them together. Um, and it ends up being kind of like this patchwork and you don't have to put this, um, the little arrowheads the same size. Um, like that one's a little bit smaller, just using them up. Um, 
but I'm cool. trying to use up a lot of the yarns that I, I have left over or haven't used at all. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I've started doing, um, cause like John, I thought I would get into felting and then I stabbed myself and I was like, no, I hate this. So now I have my, I have my felting needle. Um, and so I've been using it cause I, I primarily use wool now. Um, so I've been using the felting needle to like felt um, ends together to make like scrappy ball. Well, I can't find it, but I have a ball that I'm starting and it's just every time I like cut ends, like no matter how long the ends are, even if they're like two or three inches, I like felt them into this ball. And so it's just like, it's becoming this like big, I don't know, mess of everything, like a little bit of everything I've ever worked on. That's all fingering white wool. Um, and I'm hoping one day I'll get like enough to make a pair of socks or like even a sweater or something out of it. Um, which I'm very excited about. It's mm -hmm. so outside of my like my compulsive need for order and symmetry that I think I'm going to find it very stressful. But my psychiatrist says I should try to <laughs> push past those thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing I'm doing. Yeah, I'm makes me very nervous. <laughs> On the scrappy blanket, like you know how they there's people who are like, oh, I just threw together whatever. I'm like, no, I need to know where things are going and planning them. And this is the least planned project I've ever had. Um, it looks beautiful so far. Yeah, now that you mention like the whole need for like order and planning, I'm feeling a little anxious about it though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just something to work on on knit nights. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. Yeah, this was so much yeah. fun. I really enjoyed this. I was actually a little bit nervous, um, I have to say. So where are we? So I was like, <laughs> I've never been on a podcast before. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then it's like, no, you just talk about talk about stuff. I can talk, talk about, about Furbies. Whatever. Talk about yarn. Long Furby, man. That's my takeaway. Long Furby. <laughs> long furbies and i hope that's everyone's takeaway. no i don't need more long furbies in my life there's so many that's, already that's it that's the episode title no. <laughs> you know what would be amazing making like a really 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 long like leg warmer thing for the long furby no no absolutely no hard no yeah it'd be like a dress <laughs> okay on that note um i will leave you with that wonderful thought <laughs> and have a good night guys. Well, thank you for joining have us. a great night thank you so much for listening to this second episode of bistitual you can find us online at bistitual.ca we're on instagram as at bistitual podcast I'm at underscore dangerous John and Kelsey is at Kelsey Grammar23. We're on Ravelry as Dangerous John and Kelsey Grammar, and now we have our own Ravelry group. You can find us um, as the Bisexual Podcast Group, and you know, we wanna see your whips and your FOs and hear about all the other bi stereotypes you might be. Um if you like our podcast, please consider leaving us a rating or a review on iTunes um, or wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach other Disaster Queer Yarn folk. Um, thanks again, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.